starting from being curious. So asking questions like, well, what did you hear about money when you were growing up? How did your parents deal with money? How did that impact you? And instead of I don't know if you do this, but I definitely do this in my 15 years of marriage and see this with my clients of like, I already know that answer. Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast, where you will find the inspiration and motivation you need to manage your money better so you can stress less and live the life you want. Welcome back to the Money Mindset Podcast. I am Ashley with Budgets Made Easy in the Money Mindset Podcast. Oh, it's been over a year since I have recorded a new episode and I am so excited to be back at it. Our first guest is Amy Scott, who is a financial advisor turned certified professional financial coach who teaches couples how to get on the same page about their money and why it may be the most important thing they ever do. Today we are going to talk about how to bring curiosity back into your relationship so that you can improve your finances and get on the same page so you can save money and pay off debt. So let's get back to it and dive in with Amy. Hi Amy, I'm so glad to have you with us today. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm so excited because this is the first episode that I have recorded basically since COVID. So you're my guinea pig to get back to get back to it. And I'm so excited uh, to just dive in and start uh, getting back to, you know, doing the podcast and sharing all this wonderful information with my audience because it's it's so amazing, like all the different things that you can learn about finances, you know, not just budgeting. I know I teach people about budgeting and paying off debt, but there's so much more to it, right? Like you have to cover the foundational stuff, but once you kind of cover that, there's uh, there's so much more to learn and there's always new things to learn and grow in all aspects of your life, but especially finances. Yes, absolutely. It's like a Pandora's box once you open it, right? <laughs> yes. It's like once you start improving one area of your life, it really motivates you to improve other areas, which is why I'm so excited to talk to you today because you are a financial coach for couples and Oh my gosh, if I could tell you how many times <laughs> I've heard, how do I get my spouse on board? Mainly husbands, because most of my audience is women. So it's like, how do I get my husband to stick to the budget and stop spending money? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure you hear it a lot too. So um, I'm excited to talk about that with you and get your tips and maybe, you know, how kind of how you approach things as a couple. Because I mainly work with like one spouse. They'll come to me um, looking for help and it's kind of like okay well how do I drag my partner uh, along with me but it's really hard to do that when you're only dealing with one of them right so what kind of give us some ideas of how you help couples work together with their finances so I, I worked with individuals and couples over the years and I will just say that uh, I found that when I was working just with individuals, we would do a bunch of work and then maybe they would hit roadblocks with their spouse. Mm -hmm. And so, as you kind of mentioned before, like I, I found that, okay, this is an area where I have some facility around. Like I, I wanted to see people really get some of the results that they wanted. And so getting the couples on the same page about money was something that was really appealing to me. And 
I am a numbers nerd, kind of like you, Ashley. I mean, there's a reason I went into financial coaching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like one part numbers nerd, right? But on the other hand, I'm also, um, I've been, my husband and I have participated in couples coaching uh, through an organization called Couples Coaching Couples uh, for about 10 years. And because of that, I learned a lot of ways for my husband and I to get on the same page about many different things, uh, parenting and our marriage, our relationship with our kids, you know, our parents, all that kind of stuff. And so I found that some of the tools that I learned in that organization and through our coaching of other couples really helped as far as finances as well. So that's why I have a particular passion around working with couples. And so some, as far as the tips go, I think so often around finances, at least what I've done in the past is like, well, here's this budget. Why can't you just follow this? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So I've often start with the why of why each person in the couple wants to tackle their finances. Because I think so often, I don't know if you have seen this or not, but so often for me, I have people come to me and they say like, this is something we should be doing. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, this is something we should be doing because our parents did it or our peers are doing it. We're seeing other people made progress. And so, you know, I use that expression, like, you know, don't shit on yourself, but also yeah. don't shit on your marriage, on your partner, on your spouse. And so the beginning is just really, what is it that you want and why do you want that? And that's going to be different for each person in the couple. And in my experience, often couples haven't necessarily had that conversation, mm -hmm. which yep. I find to be a very grounding conversation and a place to start from before we start to tackle more of the spreadsheets and the how of things. So that's a first step. Absolutely. And I love that you focus on them as individuals and then as a couple, because I mean, we are individuals and we're trying to manage this relationship and communication is hard sometimes, you know, and like, yes. and even just with finances, like, you know, you, as an individual, you have to determine why, and then can come together as a couple and figure out what you're going to do together as well. So, you know, everybody has a different background and they grew up differently and, you know, all those things play into how we think about money. So what are some ways that you help couples get on the same page? Because maybe you've got you know, one couple that wants to, you know, pay off their house early. And the other one is like, well, you know, I still want to shop and not worry about all that. Like, why do we <laughs> like, you know, why do we need to pay off the house early and invest every single dime? You know, because, you know, some of us can be a little extreme where I'm like, I, I will want to save like every single penny. And, you know, my husband wants all this expensive equipment, you know, because nothing he wants is cheap, you know, cars and uh, equipment and tools and all the things, you know, so it's like, you kind of have to find that balance where you're not like the extreme on both sides as well. And that can be hard for people. So, um, kind of, how do you help people work through that as a couple? So I think it again, goes back to first that why piece and then, well, what do we really want? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times we're using money and making purchases because, you know, it's embedded into our life. It's hard to go buy, especially with Amazon nowadays. It's mm -hmm. hard to go even a few <laughs> days without spending money. Yes. So the first step that I take with folks is, uh, you know, 
to raise their consciousness. I know that sounds kind of like woo woo or deep. Yeah. Heavy, but it really is like to raise your consciousness of where your money is going. And, you know, that can look like looking back over the last three to six months, how are we spending money? Things like that, that a lot of financial coaches do. Mm-hmm. But I think the piece that's missing for a lot of folks, whether they're individuals or, or couples is connecting the financial choices they're making today with their longer term goals. Yeah. So I think there's like a lot of unconscious spending. So that's the piece I mean, as far as like raising consciousness, like let's not unconsciously spend and then later feel like, oh, well, I wanted to be able to do X. We wanted to be able to take this vacation or make this move or, you know, go part-time with work so I could spend more time with the kids, like whatever it is, people need to be able to see these the, the choices that we're making today are impacting those future options. And I like to say a lot of times to me, it's not necessarily about having more money. I wouldn't have people go to a financial coach. I mean, sure. We all want more money coming at us, right? Yeah, definitely. But the goal of it is to really be able to have more options. So that's the piece, Ashley. And, and I don't know if you find this in your work, but I find that with couples in particular, If they have experienced, which let's be honest, almost every couple has a certain level of disagreements, stress, Mm -hmm. upsets around money, they stop talking about it. It's kind of one of those things, right? (laughs) That gets kind of pushed to the side, buried down. We'll get by, we'll do that. We're doing the best we can. So my work is really to kind of raise that to the surface and say, there is no good or bad here. There are no, cho- we are not going to label something as a good choice, a bad choice. We're just going to rise it to the surface and look at it from an objective perspective of this is what we've been doing with our money. And then I do an exercise with my folks that's, you know, with my clients that is, this is what you've been doing. We've got to actually be able to see it. It's almost like when you work with a personal trainer mm-hmm. and what is the first thing that they do is have you sit on stand and not sit hopefully, but stand <laughs> on a scale uh, and, you know, do different measurements, whether that be measurements of your body or how fast you can run a mile or, you know, how many squats you can do in a minute, things like that. That's the first piece with folks is to have them have clarity around the what's so right now, and then come together and say, well, what do we want for the future? And let's come up with a plan where, no, everybody may not necessarily be able to have everything that they want, but we are clear that the choices that we're making and the spending that we're doing right now is going to allow us to have those things we want longer, longer term that we've decided on together. Absolutely. And I love that you um, mentioned ta- looking at it objectively, kind of taking those emotions out of it, because I'm sure you know a lot of resentment, uh, blaming, all those emotions come up. Well, you spent this money and you spent that money, and um, you know all of that plays into it as well when you start bringing those conversations back to the surface, like you mentioned. So, um, do you have any tips for kind of? helping put those feelings (laughs) to the side and kind of starting fresh, you know, you know, working on your why focusing on the same goal, I'm sure certainly helps with that. But Mm -hmm. you know, that's hard. That is hard work to kind of look to the future without 
the resentment and just, you know, showing some grace and forgiveness so that you can move forward to that big goal together. Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Therein lies the rub, right? Yes. One of the things that I do think if you, if couples work with a financial coach or somebody who's a third set of eyes, for a lot of folks that may be that someone in their life that they trust, right? As a mentor Mm -hmm. who can look at that and help them to see that objectively And, you know, that's what I do as a coach is, okay, you said that, but do you realize all the layers behind that? Right. So, um, without necessarily hiring someone to do that work with, I think as couples, you know, I I wish there was a, a, a silver way to do this. I, um, often have them start with some questions before we get into the finances, before we get into the numbers, I give folks like, um, uh, you know, several questions that they can ask each other. And maybe your listeners could ask these questions like on a date night, right? Or Uh maybe driving in the car, which is when my husband and I often have conversations with each other about this kind of stuff. Starting with not necessarily the numbers, Ashley, but starting with, for example, a question of what messages did you hear about money growing up? Start with being like, I think the first step is being curious. And if we can continue to bring curiosity to this area of life, like we want to do in our marriage in so many other places, right? Right. I mean, remember when you first got together with your spouse and you were a little more curious about their background, about their family, about experiences they had, about what they cared about, what they believed it's almost like getting back to that place and starting from being curious. So asking questions like, well, what did you hear about money when you were growing up? How did your parents deal with money? How did that impact you? And instead of, I don't know if you do this, but I definitely do this in my 15 years of marriage and see this with my clients of like, I already know that answer. I already know that answer because I've been with you long enough. I have to shift my thinking into curiosity mode of like, actually, I don't know that. How can I put that to the side and just really be curious? Another question I'll um, often have my clients ask each other, even if we are not working with each other, but this will be something I might ask inside of a workshop with folks is um, if you were given $50,000 today, how would you want to spend that? And again, you're asking that of each other. And you're listening as much as you can without having it figured out for them. Like, I bet you do this. I don't know with your husband, yeah. like, I bet you buy a car, quit uh-huh. or whatever. <laughs> but like, why, what would you want to spend that on and why? Yeah, I love that question. My husband and I still will like kind of play that game to this day. Like, and the answers have changed over time. So like you said, just because mm-hmm. you think you might know the answer, just listen and kind of see how things have changed. Like even in the last six months, that answer has probably changed for my husband and I, but it's just so fun to just sit and dream, you know, even though it's probably not realistic or it may not happen, you know, somebody's not just most likely going to just hand you $50,000, but it's like, okay, well, you know, if we had that, what, what would we do with it? And it's really fun to just kind of daydream a little bit about it together. Absolutely. And I think things rise to the surface 
almost every time I talk with folks, they say, we asked that question and I learned something I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you wanted to be able to take that vacation or visit family, right? Or put that home renovation. There may be things that you already know that come out, but there it leads to deeper conversations. And, you know, I just thought of another question I often ask folks that kind of comes piggybacks on that, Ashley, which is, is there anything that you want to be able to do right now financially? Is there anything that you want to be able to spend money on, invest money on? that you are afraid to even bring up because you're worried about my reaction. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I like that one because again, it's coming from a curiosity space and here's the coaching to the spouse or partner who hears this as much as you can be quiet. Yeah, it's hard. And not to have a reaction, especially if it's like going to be a bad, a bad reaction or something, you know, kind of keep it, keep yourself together until they're finished explaining. And, you know, maybe even ask some, you know, do you have a mass like follow up questions like, well, why, you know, why or, you know, not, not yes or no questions, but more open ended questions. Do you kind of practice that as well? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. As much as folks can, I'll say, well, can you say here, here's the follow-up to it. If you can keep your mouth shut and not say, <laughs> which I, listen, it's challenging. Sometimes my husband will, there'll be something he says and I'll say, well, we can do that and we can move this and you could, and all he wanted was to be heard. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I don't know, at least for us, like, like that's one of our biggest challenges is just allowing for that to be said. And then the follow-up question always is, can you tell me more about that? Yes, that's a good one. That's a good open-ended question for like anything, really. <laughs> for anything. The, just write that down. <laughs> anything, exactly. Just write that down and get, again, you're, that's the doing, right? Asking those questions. The being pieces keep coming back to that center, which is being curious. And if you mess up a little, because we all will, just take a moment and say, you know what? I see that I wanted to fix that. And I apologize that I just tried to fix that. And will you tell me more about that? You can clean it up literally in five seconds. That's awesome. I love that. Um, so once people kind of, or couples, <laughs> once they kind of work on their why, they're being more curious, they're really uh, working toward getting on the same page, working together. What tips do you have for people um, to actually start implementing budgeting together, you know, cause I talk about cash envelopes, which, you know, mm -hmm. since COVID that's people have stopped using cash and all those things. So it's, it has changed a little bit in the last year and a half or so. Um, but how do they kind of manage the money aspect in the day to day together? Cause it can be a little hard if somebody, you know, if they're not communicating or, um, sticking to the budget together. Um, do you right. have any tips for like the practical day-to-day -day budgeting, sticking to the budget, you know, paying off debt, those types of things? Sure. Uh, you know, in my experience, there's usually one person in the couple who likes to manage the finances more. Mm -hmm. There's usually somebody who's paying the bills because it's like a job, just like every other job. I don't remember the last time I took our dog out in the first thing in the morning. Like yeah. my husband's been doing that for the five years we've had our dog bear. And 
you know, it's just something we don't even talk about. I think the same is true as far as finances. Now it's maybe not as important who takes the dog out or the trash out or drives the kids to school, picks up the groceries. But as far as finances go, when one person, and I think it's a very normal for one person to pay the bills, kind of manage the day-to-day spending, mm-hmm. um, it, it's okay to do that. But I do think what happens when one person's been doing that for quite a while is sometimes resentment can build up. Mm-hmm. So the person, it can either be in the person who's paying the bills, who feels like, oh, I, you know, I got things together. I've paid the bills. We're okay for this, you know, pay period. And, and what I mean by okay is not necessarily getting by, but like, we're good. I feel comfortable. We put money where we want it to be. And then the other person who's involved in the day-to-day spending, because usually both members of the couple are involved in the day-to-day spending. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the other spouse who's not managing the money may be involved in more of the day-to-day spending, especially if you have kids and you're out and about with the kids and, you know, mm-hmm. swiping debit card to pick up you know, groceries or some takeout or kids activities, things like that, that resentment can build up because they don't have a shared plan. So I do use the word budget, but I think overall it's kind of this bigger plan. Mm -hmm. And often one person is kind of managing like the spreadsheets or using the apps. So often people ask me like, well, what's the best app to use or as far as our finances go? And I personally say like, whatever the two of you are going to use together so that you can both have a shared idea of what's happening with your money. Yes. So, you know, I tend to do that literally just with Google Sheets and I set them up. I, I use the plan ahead method and I set them up so they can see clearly what's happening with their money so they can see the impact of the choices they're making today on a pay period three, six months down the road. So I think whatever works for you, I have a lot of folks who use different type of budgeting methods that they can both see. But the piece for me, um, I am somebody, I used to be a financial advisor, Ashley, and I did a lot of work with Dave Ramsey's team. And so like I did the budgeting and the envelopes, but I found that often folks didn't necessarily want, like one person was more into using right. it than the other person. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so again, I'm always looking at like, where can we come to compromise together? And what I have found that works well with my clients and is a big shift is setting up a separate account, a separate checking account just for day-to-day spending. So they've got their bill account, they're paying their bills out of that, but it's turning that day-to-day spending, which often is the biggest source of conflict in a couple, Mm -hmm. right? They may be paying 2,500 on a mortgage, but the arguments are not about that. The arguments are about, well, why'd you spend $65 at Target yesterday? Yes. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. So that's the piece I've really gone to work on over the last couple of years is like, how do we get you on the same page about that? And this most simple method I have found that works the best with my folks is, like I said, turning that everyday spending into a fixed expense like a bill instead of swiping, swiping, swiping debit or folks use credit cards dwindling the amount inside of the main bill checking account. So if you look and see for the month, like, all right, we spend, you know, look back a few months and say, all right, we spend 2000 a month on our day-to-day spending, taking that amount and putting it every month or split it into every two weeks or weekly, whatever works best for you into a separate checking account called a spending account. Both of you have a debit card and you just use that account for day-to-day spending. That way there's no commingling 
and you don't, you have a clear amount that you can both work with together. Yes, it does require conversations like, all right, for this two week period, we have this $1,000. What are we going to spend it on? But I have found that it moves the needle so far forward and couples don't fight as much around like, well, you shouldn't have spent this. You shouldn't have spent that. That took money out of this account. Like that account is designated just for that day-to-day spending. So that's the big piece I would have as far as um, removing some of those arguments, Ashley. I love that idea. And I know that a lot of people do like to have like the separate accounts for, you know, uh, bill pay and different things like that. So um, I really like that idea of just having that just spending account and sharing that. And then you don't have to stress about, well, hopefully you don't have to stress about the money uh, for the bills being spent on other things. <laughs> so. Exactly. Exactly. And like when you look at that spending account and it has, you know, $200 in it, you know, that $200 is just for day-to-day spending. It's not like you're looking over the bill account and seeing $400 in there and being like, okay, let me do the mental math mm-hmm. of what bills haven't cleared. Right. And yep. how much can we actually spend on pick out, pick up, uh, take out, <laughs> yeah. you know, a delivery of food or that extra run to the store or whatever. It becomes a lot clearer, a lot clearer for folks. And I just think that's a really big first step for couples to take. Oh, I, I really love that idea. Um, so do you have any last words of wisdom or maybe like one thing that you want people to take away from this episode that's like, if you get nothing else out of this, like know this. That's the biggest piece for me is to know that it's possible. That so often we wait on things in life that we know will make a difference to us because we think like, well, let me get things together. You know, let me get my finances in order or let me lose weight before I go to the gym or things like that. Like it's possible to start now. And I have met with folks who have had various financial situations. And the biggest factor that makes a difference for them is the willingness to start. So I encourage you just to start with those questions that Ashley and I talked about earlier in this episode. Like that's a first step. It doesn't have to be like we do everything in one day, but get curious about um, your partner, their views, what they want and know that it's possible. Oh, absolutely. I love that you said that because I, I mean, I see it too. People just, and they call it perfectionism, which I did not realize. I'm like, I'm not a perfectionist. What are you talking about? It doesn't have to be perfect. But it's that waiting for everything to be right to start. Like that's a form of perfectionism. Um, so I'm so glad that you brought that up. Like just just do something, just get it going. So that's awesome. Um, and I always ask people at the end what their favorite nonfiction book is because, you know, we're always learning. We're always trying to improve our lives, at least, you know, on this show we are. Uh, so do you have a favorite nonfiction book that, you know, that you like? I love the book Atomic Habits yes. by James Clear. Um, that book, that book, I <laughs> it's so worn. I should probably get another copy. Uh, it is just, I, I, I'm really interested in habits because I'm interested as a coach and working with folks that if I only see them for a two hour session, I work with them over a couple of years, whatever that is, 
I want whatever we work together to be sustainable. So that book really takes apart how you build and sustain habits that are important to you and how you dismantle habits that really don't serve you. Plus it's fun and it has great examples around finances, but also yes. around personal well-being and your relationships as well. So that's my my top nowadays uh, nonfiction book, Ashley. Yeah, that is a great book. I think everybody should listen to it. Like it's one of my top books as well. Um, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So I'm, I love that you love that book too. Um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today and, you know, get me back, back to the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been so much fun. Thanks. Thank you so much to Amy for being with us today. And if you're ready to get started on your budget and your spending plan, get all your stuff organized so you can save money and pay off debt, go grab your free budget starter kit at budgetsmadeeasy.com slash start. And I will talk to you soon.